everyone. Welcome to episode 127 of the Scouting Pante podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Yvonne Ackerman. And I'm Sam Hart. Sam Hart. This is the pod you've all been waiting for. Mm -hmm. How much do you hate me right now? I'm so irritated with Jason. (laughs) I could just have low blood sugar because we did berries and I can't eat because of my fasting for another. Yeah, see, when she gets angry like this, it's not really me. Wait, you're doing intermittent fasting while doing berries at the same time? Yeah, it's like. While potting with you, so watch your head. I I should have said that as a disclaimer. I have low blood sugar right now, but Uh, yeah. I. uh, You want some cheer wine? I work out in the morning. And then I do the intermittent fasting, so it's like... It's a twist-off. There's no Sam, choice. I, I don't trust my hands. I very, I'm just going to talk to you guys on you the air about my fasting. Thank you. I have Donald Trump hands. Listening. Yeah, They're we, trying to open saw your hand yesterday. Um, he also brought Would you a, stop he banging brought, your keys on brought, the table? He brought the coronavirus in here. Yeah, he has I, a really... I saw CNN did a thing where like 37% think coronavirus comes from Corona beer. Yeah. That's a really unusual Corona bottle. It's very large. I've never seen... How many ounces is that? Oh, this is a 40. Speaking of ounces, did you know that the shampoo at Berries is a 33-ounce bottle and it cost $160? Barf. For the shampoo. And I'm like... Does it come with a conditioner? Is it too old? No. Oh. It's separate. How much, it, how much is the conditioner? Conditioner is the same. What? <laughs> Good know. thing I'm bald. <laughs> it's like when and you, the hair dryers are $400, so there like you go. You, you wouldn't need any of that. <laughs> It's like when you book no a fancy sense. restaurant, it's like $200, and then you're like, oh, shit, it's another $200 for the wine pairing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah now you got a condition, too. Shit. So I so, want to talk about Bardo first. Well, let's, let's introduce mm-hmm. Sam, first of all, Yep. just for people who may not know. I don't know who wouldn't, right? You're pretty well-known now. Uh, but Infamous. Sam Sam yeah. Hart is uh, was formerly the chef at Anomaly, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into the, the former part of that in a little bit. Um, he's been on the pod once before, so and you can go back into the archives and find that one. We've so, been talking about it for a few weeks. Now. Yeah, so if you don't know, you know. You and his sh- girlfriend sh- is should. here. Yes, mm-hmm. his girlfriend Jossie has joined us from Chicago. She might chime in. Flew all the Jocelyn. way down just to pod. <laughs> Jocelyn, <laughs> the resident expert on everything that shits creek. Oh, is that? We'll have to. I'll have to uh, watch that then. So you. So you've been taking her around Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. I want to know where you took her and like why. Okay. So there's a couple necessities of where I had to take her, not just to eat, but also to like look around so she can understand. I wanted if the weather was better, the initial plan was to take her to the Whitewater Center. Mm-hmm. Drown her? Take her? No. <laughs> okay. No, I was going to do that at Freedom Park. <laughs> we're all Much the geese dirtier are water. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um. But take her to Freedom Park, Greenway, um, do some stuff up at the lake because my mom's house is up in Cornelius. And then the main aspect was going to be food because, you know, there's there's a lot of places that people know and a lot of people don't know. And uh, so, yeah, so the, the three places I was like, all right, we are definitely eating here no matter what is we're going to eat at Bojangles. Mm-hmm. We're going to eat at the Waffle House, a.k.a. the Dirty Waffle, <laughs> and then Bardo. and The, the big three. You don't have three. Waffle House in Chicago? No. Are I you guess... fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought they had them everywhere. I it's mean, not literally, in the city directly. It's the but reason like, I'm leaving Chicago is of. the lack of Waffle Houses. The last time we were at the Waffle House, I saw a roach, a live roach. Oh, just one? That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, so did you make it to all three? Yo, Okay. I'm going to preface this by saying, Chef Michael, this is in no way a knock on portion sizes or anything we had last night, but it was 
It was on the itinerary that we were going to go to the Dirty Waffle at midnight after going to Bardo last night. So we got an all-star special and a patty melt at Waffle House after Bardo. I'm not going to say it's not about portion sizes, but we've gotten Bojangles seven out of ten times we've been to That's Bardo. That's not true. <laughs> Oh my it's gosh. two out of ten though, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it happens, yeah, Bojangles this morning. happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's a good midnight Waffle House run. Is, oh, uh, yeah, and the uh, way to go. I, I I love the Waffle House. There, I my father's house when I was growing up um, was right by the South Boulevard and Woodlawn Waffle House, and a classic. Oh yeah, and like when I was like eight or nine, and I would like run away from the house, I would go to Waffle House for four hours. And like that was like, I spent a lot of time in that Waffle House. And when I so when, when I you were there up, for four hours, what were you doing there? I was chatting it up with the woman that was you know waiting tables and also firing the orders and cooking some eggs every now and then. Like it blows my mind. The best line cooks like work at Waffle House. Like those guys, it's all audible. There's no tickets, and they execute it exactly how it's supposed to be done every single day. And so like that would blow my mind when I was a kid. You should go pull some chefs from Waffle House Yo, for your next dinner. I should. Yeah. It was like, forget tasty menu. Here's some all-star specials. Yeah. <laughs> How do you want your hash browns? So Scattered. What did you covered. think of Bardo to Jason's question? I know you were texting yeah, us last you night. You were, yeah. really you were very impressed it. with Bardo. So That was your first visit? That was my first visit. Okay. And, you know. Well, how'd you know to go to Bardo? How did I know? Yeah. I mean, how do you not know? <laughs> like, that's that's the real thing, like. Because I feel what like it still done, flies under the radar of some of the other well, places. I, I think it, it flies Not under the us, radar. Obviously. I think it only flies under the radar to just the average restaurant goer. Like if you if you know anything about food and you live in Charlotte, you know about Bardo. And you know, Chef Michael, he he saw that we made a, re- a reservation. And he hit me up on Instagram and he was like, you coming in tonight? I was like, yes, chef. And he was like, eight o'clock. I was like, yes, chef. He's like, you want, you want us to throw together like a little tasting menu for it? I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And uh, you dropped the F-bomb seal. So I'm just going to keep it going. Yeah, it's explicit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's we explicit. We always do that. And uh, are you going to drink some of my 40? You can have my <laughs> drink, Corona. Jossie, Jossie, drink some of this Colt 45. <laughs> drink it. Drink it. This podcast studio has seen a lot. Has ever seen Colt 45? Oh, 100%. Yes. It's not the yes. first. I know I fit in somehow. All right. Did you guys get but, a Did you guys? How well, many? Um, I think it was seven courses. courses. Yeah. I think it was seven. Um, and, you know, Jossie, Jossie doesn't understand. Oh, like, wow. No. Well, this no, is your last date. No. Jossie doesn't <laughs> understand the history of Charlotte food and kind of the culture that is now forming around Charlotte food. She knows Chicago food. She's eaten at a lot of restaurants in Chicago. She's eaten a lot of multiple, she's eaten at multiple Michelin star restaurants. And when she walked in and she got her first couple courses, she was shocked because she was like, I feel like I'm, we were both saying it. We feel like we're in Chicago. We feel like we're in Fulton market. I feel like I'm about to walk out the door, hop on the green line and go back home. And, you know, there are with the food and, and sticking just with the food, there was only three very small details that I felt like could have enhanced or made a dish even more special than it was. And I told Chef that. And uh, 
And he thought I was lying to him for a little bit. I was like, no, I'm, I'm a very honest person. And then, and then when we talked about some of the things that were going more with, you know, the rest of the restaurant, like, first of all, Amanda Britton's phenomenal. Like, she took care of us the whole night, uh, her and, and uh, Chef Michael. But, like, there's never been a restaurant in Charlotte where you have to worry about, okay, who at this table has still, who has sparkling water? And making sure you don't pour still over sparkling, vice versa. Or I, I know they probably don't completely replace silverware every single course to the normal guests, but you know he was showing them how a tasting menu goes. And he like at one point we were supposed to get a spoon with a course, we didn't get a spoon with a course, and he just was like, you know, he was like, why the hell did they not have a spoon? Like, Lost his shit. Yeah. And so like, but we've never seen that before. But <laughs> everything was like, was everything was correct in that way and i gained a lot of respect for him and just looking in the actual kitchen how he has it organized how he has everything labeled you know have everything lined up i was like this is a chicago kitchen and you know with my stage at schwa i looked in the kitchen i was like yo this is this is set up exactly like schwa but looks nicer and a little bit more open and a whole lot less weed being smoked in the kitchen and so like Actually, like I didn't see any weed and get smoked in <laughs> last night, by the way. But be um, awkward with that level of openness. <laughs> yeah, but I was very, very impressed. And one thing, like you've got chefs in Charlotte that have completely figured out flavor, and they've completely figured out how to make very deep, flavor-rich dishes. And some of them have also worked on doing some high-end plating and things like that. But what, what Chef is doing there is he's now showing people what you can do with texture, with temperature, with these other kinds of very difficult techniques, but it looks very, like, it's almost like nonchalant. Like, he just, like, he just does it, and you don't even realize how complex it is. Like, he had this shrimp dish last night that was spectacular, and one of them was, like, these yeah. little shrimp, shrimp dumplings, It's right? called the no-shrimp dish. Yeah. Because people are like, where's the shrimp? Right. But <laughs> I, I looked at him, and I was like, the, the ratios for these shrimp dumplings are perfect. Like, this is perfectly executed, and you probably don't get, you know, the the comments that you deserve on on this piece in particular. And then, you know, I, I'm i obsessed with Carolina ingredients. So he had Carolina gold rice with his ribeye, and he cooked the Carolina gold rice perfect, which is rare because no one really, like, no one really cooks it right. And then he nailed it, and then he folded in this kimchi, like, it was it, it was so good. It was like a kimchi Carolina gold rice risotto that I would have eaten bowl after bowl after bowl um, of. And we both agreed, like, on a dish that has dry aged, perfectly cooked sous vide ribeye, it was the least exciting thing on that dish. And that, to me, is impressive. When you can have all of the components on there outshine, you know, something that the average person thinks should be the star of the dish. So I was, I was completely blown away. Um... I, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, on a scale one to 10, 10 being Oriole, which is her favorite restaurant in Chicago. It's two Michelin star, nine being schwa, like where, where this kind of fits in, because I do believe that Bardo is better than multiple one Michelin star restaurants I've had in Chicago, as far as flavor is concerned. 
And if we're just talking solely about the food, I think it would be deserving of that. I think that's why you guys gave them a Michigan pug that's well-deserved. Um, but It's the only one in yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. So are there... But I think that's a good perspective. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah. No, I think that's a good perspective for someone who lives in Chicago and they have a Michelin guide there and kind of... We don't, so... Yeah to get your perspective. Like, I think mm-hmm. it would have one Michelin star if it were in mm-hmm. a city that had a Michelin guy. A yeah, Michelin it's guide. absolutely yeah. to that caliber, for mm-hmm. sure. And I don't think he does get the credit he deserves in general, just yeah, because I mean, they people just don't understand it. They just announced the James Beard nominees. And yeah. He, he was, wasn't on there. Oh, yeah. And we talked about how total bullshit that is. It yeah. is bullshit. I mean, you know, Greg Coyer absolutely deserves it. Oh, yeah. We, we ate at Uptown Yoke uh, oh, the day before yesterday. Did you? Yeah. I, so good. Those Tennessee fries? Yo, I will always, every time I come on this pod or whenever I'm talking about Charlotte food, I will always talk about Greg Collier because that man makes the best tasting food. Like as far as like I could just the flavors, eat it I know. nonstop. We it's were like at this, crack. Uh, it's like all turned up yeah. to like 11. Like his flavors are so intense. It, it's, 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 and it no is one talks so about him obnoxious. Either. Like it's so obnoxious how much flavor is packed into something that when you look at it initially, like at, uh, like at Uptown Yoke, and it's going to be, I got a feeling like he's going to do some more intricate, like cool looking things at Land Louise. But like you look at the plate, you're like, okay, this is just another bowl of shrimp and grits. And then you start eating it, and there's so many layers. I was at this uh, American Culinary and Federation event here two years ago, and I had talked to Greg a little bit. I had gone down to At Dawn when it was open a bunch of times. And, but this is the first time that I saw him out of his natural element. And everyone in there was wearing white chef jackets and chef hats and like, all this stuff. And he was just, he looked like Greg Collier. Like he had the hat, like cockeyed and he had his Tennessee shirt on, you know, all this stuff. And he was making, I think it was, uh, it was, I want to say it was spelt and buckwheat hoe cakes with a PBR gastric and then a green strawberry, like marmalade or relish. And it was far and away the best tasting thing that was in there. And people were almost scoffing at it as they were coming up. And then as soon as they left, they were looping back around to get another plate. And that to me is like, Greg understands the true nature of what food should be as far as an element of being together and learning from our history and continuing on with that history and the cultural element of food. And he's done so much to ramp up a community of chefs that has been so overshadowed and so pushed away um, the entire time of Charlotte. And, you know, what he's doing, I think, is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen with food, not just in Charlotte, but in general. I'm so excited for him. I'm really excited for Lay and Louise. Um, yeah, I, told I, him, I told him I want to get fat because of that restaurant because I want to eat there every single day. So going back to Bardo, so your sous chef came from Bardo. Um, chef de cuisine, yeah. Okay, so where... What's her name again? Sorry. Aline Hess. Aline Hess. She's now, a total badass. Where else is she working? Because obviously she's not with you full time, right, with the pop-ups. So she's assisting in opening up this um, bar and restaurant called the, man, she's going to kill me for not knowing this, the Donovan? No. No, not the Donovan. The, the, the ah, it's a Noda. And they just started following my, my Instagram, so you would think that would completely memorize this. The Degenerate. Oh. The Degenerate. It's opening up in a couple weeks. I don't know of this. Um, Who's the chef? So I think she's assisting with some of the food. I don't know who the the chef is going to be. It's very alcohol-driven. 
but that's with cool. the food or you mean the cocktails? The cocktails. It's okay. like very cocktail, like uh, cocktail driven, uh, beer driven. It's going to be that place where this is where you hang out at one o'clock in the morning in Noda. Um, because they realized, hey, one o'clock in the morning, the only place you can really hang out in Noda is Benny's. Excuse me, I just burped into there. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> Cold but, uh, 45 in you. Yeah, ready to come not out. enough Cold 45 in me right now. All right, so we've but, like yeah. completely and totally buried the lead, and it's been pretty cruel to people. So let's uh, talk about this former chef of anomaly thing, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what everyone's. Yeah. We were like, oh yeah, that. So how was your time at Bardo? I mean, you know, so. We got to start with let's, the least controversial things and let's, then get more. Let's get into we'll it. Get, let's talk them. about let's talk about that first, and then we'll go back and talk right. about, um, you know, the anomaly dinners up last from last month. My total fuck up last <laughs> month. Um, I'm just thankful that I figured out why we did fuck up last month. But hold on, I got to take a drink of this before I start talking. Yeah, take, make sure it's a big one. This is make our sponsorship. <laughs> this week we're sponsored by the letter J. <laughs> Use it. It's silent <laughs> in Spanish. Okay. So, so kind of what let me let me preface it with this. I I am an expert in and I say this to myself, I haven't really told other people this, but I consider my myself an expert in one thing, and that's failure. Um when I was a kid, I did not have a good childhood at all. I grew up in a very abusive home. Um, a divorce home, and um, my mom worked four jobs just to make sure that I could survive. And I went to um, public school and then in charter school, and and I was I was the kid that was you know the black sheep. I was the one that was bullied. I was the one that got into fights, and uh, it was always because I would stand up for one thing or another, and you know, people wanted to, you know, put me back down in my place. And then, you know, by the time I was, I actually did a count on this, or like this morning, because I had my stupid idiot self had a three hour panic attack at two o'clock this morning. And I started counting. I was like, I went to 11 funerals before I was 14. And I only went to two birthday parties. And you know, it led into, you know, I got an opportunity to go to boarding school. It was, you know, it's the richest boarding school in the country. It has the highest endowment per student ratio of any school or university in the country. It was an amazing opportunity. And there I was completely shunned by the entire school um, because of um, I came out and my sexual orientation was an issue. And, you know, all this happened. And, um, after that, I went to, to college. I went to Dickinson College for a year, and I messed up there, and I had to drop out after a semester and a half. And then, you know, I started getting into advertising because, you know, you could do that without a degree. I got really, really good at that. But then as soon as I was at the pinnacle of that was when I got, I got married. And all in one year, my father, who I did not have a good relationship, my father passed away. My ex-wife asked for a separation. I was in absolute crap financially. And, you know, then I got this opportunity to go to Alinea. And when I went to Alinea, I was 
as one chef has recently said, I was in over my head and I did not know it. I spent a lot of time working with Rob Marilla, who's a chef at CPCC, and he was he's my mentor. And I spent so much time with him working on stuff to do his, his stuff to get into Team USA. And I was spending so many hours in it. I, I even um, illegally slept in the, in the school just so I could you know work nonstop to try and figure some stuff out for him and for my personal competitions. And, and I got a really big head because of it. And I, and I showed up to Chicago and I was way in over my head. And uh, when that fell apart, um, I was completely lost. And Aaron reached out to me in when I was in an extremely um, low place. And she was like, I want to open up a restaurant with you. And I was like, okay, this is the time that I get to win. I haven't won in 27 years. I get to win now. And we were doing some amazing things. And uh, what ended up happening is, you know, I was convinced that personally I had to do absolutely everything for it to be done right. Because for three years I had designed this restaurant in my head. William Brinkley, our, our business guy, you know, I had been talking to him about this for years. And uh, it was all I wanted to do. It's like, it, this is my dream. Like, this is what I wanted to happen. And uh, what ended up happening is I was so focused on making Anomaly be what I wanted it to be and to succeed in that way that I, you know, I was overlooking a lot of things. And what ended up happening is, you know, you have disagreements, you have different ideas of how a business should go, um, and there's no hard feelings towards Aaron. Um, but we realized after we kind of woke up a little bit in the past two months that, you know, maybe we can be successful in different ventures in different ways, but this concept, this idea is something that is, is something that I need to do in a different way. Um, so that's why we went along to do that. And, uh, well, and I asked you this on yeah. the phone on Friday, but I just want to be hundred percent clear and also for everyone listening. So did this have this, these talks that you guys had, did it have anything to do with the feedback Not from one last bit. month? So this is totally separate. This is totally separate. Um, if anything, that feedback, um, helped, it was a drastic help um, because what it taught both of us, mainly me, is that you have to be willing to trust someone to take on what is too much for you personally. And I cannot express enough how amazing Aline and Jordan are for taking on things that I never would have guessed I would give on to someone. Aline ran that kitchen the past this past pop-up. She she was the one that was making sure that things were gone out the way they were supposed to, that everything tasted right, that everything was hot, because I had to wake up and I had to smell the rose and be like, hey, I can't do everything. And to be able to trust someone and have them pull it off the way that she did this week 
because I feel like it was complete night and day from last month to this month. And it hadn't, it had a little bit to do with the amount of R and D that I was doing to change up the menu and change up the elements. But I think 90% of the reason why we did better this week was because Aline is just so awesome and can take on that. Um, it was, yeah. you know, it was just, we haven't even talked about that, but it was so much better. I have mentioned, I think it was on the pod, but it was at least to Jason personally. I was like, I don't think, I didn't think that that concept could be as good as the dinner that we had in December or the one before that in October. I didn't think that it, I just thought it was sort of ill-conceived and I was proved wrong on that on Thursday. Like the dinner, it definitely was, you know, some of the dishes were better than a couple, a few of the dishes on the previous two dinners, but like that was a good concept. Like, and, you know, I think that the idea that the concept was flawed um, was also something that was discussed. And that was different from the way I was coming about it. I was just coming about it from the flavors, right? But the concept itself is is super cool. And I'd like you to, you know, talk about that too. Um, yeah. Kind of like some of the feedback you got on that as far as like, was that like, you know, is that making fun of poverty, <laughs> right? Yeah. That was, one of, that that was the hurt. one I, I, I have that to hear really you hurt. respond to that um, because... That that's, was that's the part that just <laughs> was absurd it, to me. It really, it, uh, frankly, it pissed me off. But um, likewise, you know, people just—it's what happens when you try and talk about someone's life that you have no idea, and um, and I and also when you're completely out of context, when you don't know what we're doing and and why the dishes are done in a certain way, um, I think that also affects things. And it's why going forward, I am not really going to post anything about the food. And I kind of want you to just come in and discover it without any preconceived notions. But cafeteria, to kind of go over the, the theme, you know, cafeteria is based upon, you know, what we ate in the lunchroom. And I grew up eating public school lunches. There's sometimes that, you know, there was a couple of years that my mom was able to do lunches and, uh, you know, as everything that like, I talked about this on the first podcast, like my DNA of food is not what a lot of people like what you normally see. Like my DNA in food is chicken McNuggets at, at McDonald's or a Cajun flay biscuit at Bojangles or a burger at Mr. K's like, that's what I grew up on. That's what I know. That's my comfort food. Like my mom's baked ziti where she has box noodles and like pre-made sauce and she changes around a little bit. Like that, that's me. And so I can't produce something that I believe in and I love to make if it's not rooted in that DNA. Um, and I'm not saying like all my food is going to be based upon junk food or cafeteria food. You know, our next menu terrain is going to be very, very different. But... You know, that theme really hit me hard when I was designing it, and I wanted to live up to the theme more than the flavors originally, and I was very, I, I kind of had just a veil over my eyes when it came to that. And, you know, Aline and I, we were like, scrap that. Let's focus on flavor. Let's pump out some absolutely delicious food. If it doesn't quite fit the, the theme, who cares? They're going to remember how it tastes, and that's why the fish stick course changed. Um, and, well, and the pizza. I mean, but I feel like the pizza, the pizza, like it, it, it was true to the theme. Like yeah. it did give me those feelings of nostalgia. And the first mm -hmm. time was it was really bad. It was cold. It didn't have any flavor. And yeah. like on Thursday, it was 
like like the pesto that you added in on it um and the cracker itself like in the presentation where they come around and like you know hit it with the spoon and have the crust mm -hmm. go into the sauce um like that was just that was great it was yeah. it was really like such a like that was one where it's like maybe you didn't try to make it fit exactly, but that one was really no, evocative like, for me. Like you know what I mean? Where it's like you know you're like hey like flavor designed. first, but like yeah like that one and that was yeah. I think the one that people were the most excited about at our table the uh, the first dinner. Yeah, because I mean so that's like and that just goes to show it's not it's not a poverty take. Like anyone who ate like you know yeah. public school food just knows that dish. It's a, yeah. you know and like there's feelings behind it. Yeah, and that was the first dish that I made in this menu. That was a f and. And this is why it's so important to be willing to listen to feedback from people that come in and eat, um, because I never once thought going into that menu, oh, I need to make square pizza hot. I never thought about that. I was like, this is a room temperature dish. It's going to be kind of like um, a dish I made at another restaurant as far as you discover certain elements and then you have th this texture difference. But I never thought about making it hot. And then the first night, every single person said it was cold. It was cold. It should have been hot. All this stuff. And then literally 10 minutes after reading those, I was like, that makes total sense. This needs to be a hot dish. And from that, from that point on, we try to figure out the best ways to make it hot. And then in that month gap, we figured out how to make it hot, hot and keep it hot without compromising the integrity of the rest of the dish. And I think it really sung um, when we did it this time. And one thing that really made me feel like it really pumped up my ego, which is pretty easy to do. But, um, <laughs> but one thing that really pumped up my ego is that the four dishes that received the worst grades last month were our highest scored this month. So the pizza, the fish, fish stick, mm -hmm. what, what were the other two? So the worst rated dish last month was the century egg dish. Right. For we, the explicit dinner. Yeah. yeah. We got one B plus, and she said it was because it just didn't fit her natural flavor profile. She doesn't like wasabi. She doesn't like paprika. So, like, just didn't fit into her current flavor profile. But every single person outside of her gave us between a A plus or an A with five pluses, which I thought was pretty funny. Yvonne wow. liked to give some extra pluses yeah. this time. The century egg? Well, we didn't, we have, didn't have that, didn't have that, that this century time. Egg. I'm yeah. just saying in general. You, <laughs> well, we gave some, you gave more than one pluses sometimes. No, I just... Did I get... I think I just gave one plus. I haven't seen your, I haven't seen your report card yet. Oh, okay. Well, you'll yeah. have to... I mean... I don't go. I don't go nuts. Yvonne wrote like twelve novels. I wrote there. you a lot. Yeah, so, and it was very effusive. Like I, I liked everything. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to see him. But, well, she uh, took a picture, so it's fine. Yay. Yeah, I did. So I want to know why you think it. Obviously, you didn't trust. You talked about how you didn't trust people, but what else do you think went wrong? Well, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. On I, the pod, he didn't say that quite, but yeah. <laughs> but you, you didn't have the right people in the kitchen. No, the no. First well, he was saying he didn't yeah. trust Aline and right to trust people, people to take yeah. over. I guess. I gotcha. Um. I gotcha. You know, I think another, I think another thing that changed between last month and this month, and something that's going to change from this month to whenever, um, counter our new um, concept. But it's pretty so much. So it's the same not concept. water and sage. It's not water and sage. Because I've heard people in Charlotte want more. It's not blank lamp and blank, blank and blank. Yeah. Yeah. Lamp and what was yours? Lamp and brick. Yeah. Lamp <laughs> the and two brick things that what's his face <laughs> loves in Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Brick. That, no, that's brick. Brick loves lamp. That yeah. should be the name of the restaurant. Brick I love lamp. Loves lamp. Yeah. Or I love lamp. 
then good. it could be a moth as our mascot. So counter is the name of the new concept. <laughs> counter. You're going to work yeah. under. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like counter. I think that because it says everything you need to know. And it's easy to spell. Like, it is hysterical. Anomaly is very hard to spell. There's an A where you think there'd be an O. (laughs) And to be honest with you, I don't know how to spell it. I Google it every time. I I had one person write us an email, and it was A-N-N-M-O-L-L-I-E. Oh, my gosh. That was me. (laughs) But but focusing more on the flavor, focusing on the execution of the dish from when it hits the pass to hits the, the table... I think that's a, a very big key that we didn't think about before of like, we can make all these dishes look great. Just open up the wrapper. God damn it. Go ahead, Sam. Don't ever so. say anything about my keys again. <laughs> I'm going like, to pass out. <laughs> um, oh, quick thing. The next playlist is going to have a lot of the cranberries. Mm. It's going to have a lot of music Zombie. from yeah. Zombie. It's going to have a lot of music from uh, the cartoon Peanuts, and it's going to have a little oh. bit of Eminem, and we're going to call it the Trail Mix. <laughs> Dad joke it. silence. Okay, so I'm eating, Jason. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the help. So, oh, we've got that. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, we have some things. Yeah. Yay. Okay. This is this is. Do you have you the say. John Cena thing? No, I have this one. <laughs> Yes. So <laughs> that was for me. Another another <laughs> no, couple differences is I knew so like we didn't want to plate as many things. So we plated the dessert. If you remember, we plated the dessert of the explicit last time instead of bringing it out and do live plating. Yeah. We also we removed. So we had eleven different plates, like physical plates that we plated on for explicit last month. I only had eight this time for 14 courses because we made a lot of things handheld. We like So we had a Hoppin' John taco. It took over the, the chicken skin taco where I made a naan bread out of black-eyed peas and then put in Carolina gold rice. And then we had a guest who's Vietnamese. And I was like, you know what? Let's make a dish just for her because she doesn't understand any of these, these lunch dishes. So let me make a Vietnamese dish just for her. And so we did caramel pork, which if you've not had Vietnamese caramel pork, it's like life-changing. And so we did that version of it. We put it all on a taco with uh, some Chinese black vinegar, pickled celery. And then we had it in wax paper, like folded up. So we didn't even have to worry about plating it. So making How how does that help you? Just to like, for people who don't know. It helps me because I don't, like, I don't have to worry about making sure that that course gets plated up and eaten within our 10 to 12 minute window. I can have it sitting in the oven or I can have it sitting in a hot box. I can bring it out. I can pass them out and it'll, it won't compromise the integrity and it'll still taste good. And that was a huge thing that we were, we were focusing on is we also decreased the complex plating elements and made things more, not easy, but simpler to plate, but had a stronger flavor. And you know, we're kind of just backing away from more of the wow nature of the look and focusing more on the wow nature of the flavor and the concept of the dish. Um, and I think that was a huge difference this month. Yeah, that was one of the things that upset me about the feedback you got was that you're, a lot of those dishes, they just, this is going back to what you said earlier too, they just couldn't really be captured with photos, and I just think that, like, you know, you're not cooking for Instagram. No. Um, but but uh, at the same time, the planetarium, like, when you brought it out last yeah. month, 
was like, what the fuck is this? Yo, okay. <laughs> this is like, it was, uh, I, it was bad. And, and you have to set like the first dish is so important for the tone of the meal. Yeah. And, and, but the way you changed it, like it looked aw- and really That's all thanks to Kristen. And Marvel. really you just changed how it was, how it was, it was kind of the same, you know, it was the same fruits well, and we, stuff. You changed we, it a little bit. Yeah. We added a couple elements and we took down the fermentiness of it. Cause I think it was just overpowering for people. Yeah. But so I showed up last month and I was like, okay, I've been doing R and D on this ferment, this lacto ferment dish. I want to put it in a styrofoam block and then submerge it in black water in a bowl. So it just looks like fruit levitating above this black mm. water. Well, my idiot self never did R&D on the actual foam block. And we could put all the weight in the world on this block and it would not sink. So I was like, all right, we got to 86 this entire idea. And we just got to make this thing look like a really shitty middle school planetarium. And that's what it looked like. And that's what it looked like. But I, I kind of, I liked that. I still think no, that was, I, was I, it, I thought that was terrible. It was, was terrible. It was, it was, to it me, was I think that it was the, it was the flavor of the fruit. And even on this one, it just I think it was just fine. That one's not my favorite course. Mm-hmm. I think it can be cool to have that. I mean, I, have that presentation. Imagery is important. Mm-hmm. Like, it's part of everything's important when you're doing a meal like this, but, but that one almost worked because it was, Ugly. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what it was. It was part of the story. Like, so that's why I got it. Yeah. I thought it looked better this time for sure. Like, I thought it yeah. was a cooler presentation. And it was very much. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was night and day. And like, when you brought that out this time, I was like, okay, he he figured, oh, he I was figured this shit out. I was so pissed this past month. And Josie will tell you, I was angry. I was angry all month because, and we, and I made her listen to this, this video. And then, um, I, I watched this video every day for about four years. Um, it was oh mainly when I was, I, yeah. It wasn't a ridiculous. Nazi video, was it? No, okay, no. Yeah. I'm not that little German girl that's going viral. But um, <laughs> but it was this, it's this video by Eric Thomas, if you know who he is. He's a motivational speaker. And he talks about the story that this kid wanted to make it in the NFL. And he goes up to this guru and he's like, um, I want to. I want to be successful. I want to be the best. And the guy says, "All right, show up on the beach tomorrow, and I'll show you how to be successful." So this guy shows up, and he's wearing a business suit. And the guru says, "All right, I want you to go walk out into the water." And the guy's like, "What?" And he's like, "I want you to go walk out in the water." And so finally convinces him to go out into the water, and he's like knee deep. And the guru says, "All right, keep walking out." He's at his waist, and he's completely confused. And he keeps walking out, and finally he's, he's at his shoulders. And the guy's like, I don't get what this has anything to do with being successful at all. Like, this is pointless. What am I doing? And then all of a sudden, the guru just submerges him into the water and holds him down almost until he's about to pass out and brings him back up. And then he tells the kid, and he's like, the day you want to be successful as much as you want to breathe, that's the day. And when I tell you there wasn't one second that went by between... January and this tasting menu that I didn't think about that menu and how I was going to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was going to be one of the best menus that we ever do and that we are going to show that this menu makes sense and that anomaly is a valid concept. Like I literally, and Jossie will attest to this because it pissed her off all month. Like I never thought about another thing. I wouldn't talk about another thing. I would be like, I would say, hey, Jossie, I've got something going on. I can't hang out tonight. And then I would 
be up all night long working on something for this menu. And Josie, can you confirm this? Yeah. I'd like to know a confirmation. Oh, I didn't realize this until he told me this the other day, so I feel a little lied to. Because <laughs> you were like, where is he? What's he yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah. So I just, I can't imagine how frustrated you must have been to feel like people didn't get this concept. Like, did you ever, like, f- fucking freak out? <laughs> like yeah, me when I sit in traffic times. sometimes, I'll just yell at the top of my lungs. There was a couple times, but it, I knew I knew that that was going to happen. Well, especially because when you know it wasn't right. It's yeah. not like it was your best and you can say like they were, you know, they didn't get right. it that time because that's frustrating in one way, but you can at least have peace in yourself. But knowing that you had a bunch of people like with Instagrams and like, art, you know, articles who worked for publications who yeah. came to the one that you know wasn't right must have just been, well, it must have been hard. It was disheartening, but I knew it was going to happen. Like I, and I had a few people. Why did you know it was going to happen? Because when I was sending that food out, that first that first night, I was like, there was. So why did you send it out? Well, it's because it, the, the feeling in the room was different, right? You could just yeah. tell. I mean, I, I felt the yeah. same way. The yeah. so there was there were two dishes that I almost didn't send out, but I was like, if you fail, you've got to own up to the fact that you failed. You got to own up to the fact that you made a mistake and got to stand behind it, and you got to be honest with them that you did. Because I had I actually had five people that night that you were there. I said it was one of the best dinners that they've ever had in their life. And they said, like, one guy, um, we got this amazing email from as a response back to when we offered um, a discount for a future dinner because we just felt like it did not hit up to our standard. And he was like, I've been at all these, like, Michelin-starred restaurants and stuff. And he was like, it's obviously not currently Michelin-starred, but I can see that this has the opportunity to be. Were these the appetite and adventure folks? No. No, okay. Because I know that they stuck up for you too. They did. And they've eaten um, a lot of good places also. But, but that's really awesome. And I agree. You can still yeah. see your potential even on the fuck Yeah, up that's dishes. what it was for. Absolutely. For me, yeah. it was like, I thought the concept was good. I just, obviously, execution bad. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if I don't, if I put out food that doesn't hit my standard, then I don't even care if you loved it. I don't care if you gave me straight A's. I'm going to make it right because it's it's my personal standard. So what was the first indication you got? Like, was it people's faces? Was it just the mood in the room? Obviously, you knew that the you, you yourself felt that it wasn't. But what was your first indication that people also agree that people agreed with you? When I saw that fish getting plated, mm-hmm. I didn't even have to see people's reactions. Yeah. When I saw that fish getting plated. Without a doubt, you were like, "This is." I was like, I'm, "Spiraling." Yeah, and <laughs> I actually didn't hate the fish. I was like the one person. I have PTSD about the fish. But I was so hungry. I, I was so <laughs> hungry at that You're point. <laughs> but, but it was so good this time. I, yeah. I finished it. I practically licked my plate. So you, did you turned your it plate around the right way this well, time. Gonna, but you know, when I on. saw that, and then I just I took a breath and I looked up and I looked around, and I felt like. I felt like I was, I felt like a general of a army that you knew was going to lose. There will be casualties. Like, <laughs> like. There's blood on the floor. I felt like, I felt like a dad bod hipster would version you say, of Leonidas. Would you say it was like Gettysburg <laughs> at Lincoln's? No. Wow. But that's good though. That's good. But we'll give no, that it was more like, I've got, I've got these guys that have my back in this kitchen and I let them down by not properly, like one, not giving them enough room to execute it themselves, but also not giving them the best direction. 
and not setting them up for success. Like we were only able, so a couple, um, this is not an excuse. I will like, this is in no way an excuse. I did not set them up correctly because I knew that we were only going to be, that we were only going to be in there for an hour before our first course had to go out. So we had to completely unpack, get set up, turn everything on, get everything hot, start working on it within one hour. And I didn't set them up to execute those dishes within that time frame. I set them up for failure. And I didn't realize that until 15 minutes into the tasting. And I told them, I was like, guys, we're going to, we're going to make this, we're going to change it from two and a half hours. This is going to be a three hour experience now. So I can give you enough time to make sure this goes through like the sloppy Joe course. There is a 25 minute gap between square pizza oh, we know. and sloppy Joe. <laughs> And I tried my best to bullshit about why that was. But at the end of the day, I mean, y'all saw straight through that. But at the end of the day, I was making sure back there that they were set to make that dish sing because... And it did, on the fr- even last month. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, the, that was the best of the dishes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure, because I didn't want that dish to go under. I wanted, I wanted to make sure that there was at least a couple dishes where people knew, okay, this is what, we, what they can do. I think that this was a great call, right? Like when you're on that <laughs> sinking yeah. ship, it's like, what are you going to do? You have to do whatever you can, right? Yeah. And I think that... And that's why I was so happy that you gave me that feedback about the pacing was horrible because it was. And I was like, we got to plan for this. Like, we got to make sure. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to be anywhere for three hours. I mean, that's part of the reason why he loved Alinea so much. He loved how fast it was. Alinea freaking And then you get reservations (laughs) to the alchemist. How but I hate being a place be? for three okay. hours, no, 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 but I'm going to be there no, for six no, no, and a no, half. No, no, Most no. places we are in there it's, for three it's hours. It's different, I mean, though. It is different. You can go to a five-hour place, but if you have 50 courses and it's coming out and coming yeah. out and coming out, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if it's, I'm just giving you shit. It could be an hour and you have two courses. Fucking sucks. But that is always, yeah. even at like, the, even like, you know, Noma's probably the one time we didn't feel like we wanted to leave. But even when it's really good, Jason gets tired. He loves the fast ones. Well, that's what I like. That's <laughs> I, what I, I can stay there all day. That's what I thought about Alinea was just really, you want to leave like wanting more. Yeah. Like you, you, you feel like you like it happened. It's over, but like, yeah. I want to stay here. Yeah. You don't want to feel like get me out of here. Alinea has got service delivery and the wow factor. So nailed. Yeah. Like, well, and I think he just thinks about like, that's his number one thing he thinks. But about. to me, oh, yeah. that's the part I didn't like about it. It felt, it felt like a very like prepackaged magic experience. Almost sterile. Yes, exactly. Like they're like, we know what to do to like, wow, yeah, get you in and out and get the next person in the yeah, seat. I, I like that. That's like, that's like a theater experience. Yeah. It's like going to see a show. Yeah, it was show. really well choreographed. Absolutely. I can I'm see it both Josh ways. Like, so, like, <laughs> but, <laughs> sipping on that Colt 45. But it's different. I mean, 45. sometimes you want that, sometimes you don't. But I feel yeah. like if you well, have the expectation that like you're going to the theater. And I think at Anomaly, it's it's necessarily going, or I'm sorry, at Counter, it would necessarily be different for a little bit um, just because it's not a destination. You're going to be mostly dealing with locals and it's a Tuesday, Wednesday right. or Thursday night. You know, they can get away with it more at Noma when it's like you might be going well, to we're Copenhagen not be able to do for more that. On weekends. So. We're going to be doing more. Yes, on which I think now. makes a difference too, weeknight yeah. to weekend. Absolutely. And one of the biggest things is I'm never going to feed 31 people a 14 course tasting menu ever again. Wednesday, this past Wednesday, we had 31 people doing 14 courses. I can't do the math, but that's like 572,000 courses. So <laughs> I'm never, I'm never doing that shit again. So that's, that's, we're that's we're not focused. Jossie, that's not good math. Whatever. <laughs> it's close though. Whatever. We're rounding. We're yeah, but you're gonna pair it back and it, we're. I, well, I, I felt because it seemed like you had a down. couple less people on Thursday, and I thought oh, that was really nice. Traffic and CIAA, they were like, no, not happening. Like. 
But it was good though. I think it was you were able. It was to more interesting. It was twenty one, and yeah. I That's thought nice that was number. a good cap number. Like mm-hmm. with counter, I think I'm going to stick between fifteen and twenty people. Um, I, I want to, and I'm going to decrease costs on certain things. So then that way we're not having to increase the, the ticket cost because I'm fully aware that this is the most expensive dining experience in Charlotte. I'm like, I'm fully aware of that. I don't, that's not as far as like true, but as far as like a prefix or tasting menu. Yeah. But I'm talking about like prefix or tasting menu. Yeah. Well, there's no other, I mean, only the McNish house is the only other place with the McNinch, tasting. McNinch, Jesus Christ. Well, As- Asbury, never say that right. So I was telling Jossie this. I was like, Asbury's got a tasting menu. Heirloom did have a tasting menu. Heirloom did. Um, yeah, that's true. McNinch house has a tasting menu. The reason why I say we're the first, you know, I, I say true tasting menu because what we do is we follow the traditional French tasting menu program. But I've changed it to where it's Carolinian-based produce, and protein. So instead of going into a Dover Soul course, we go into some type of, you know, So explain fish, to people what a traditional like, French tasting menu, like what are the courses? Yeah, so like, you know, your traditional uh, French tasting menu, you start off with some sort of uh, caviar or shellfish course, usually a lobster course. Um, then you'll get into um, a poached, it's normally a poached, sole dish that's kind of one of the three biggest aspects of a french tasting menu but then you have a palate cleanser thrown into going from sea to land and then once you get into land you have a very vegetable forward dish and then from that vegetable forward dish you have some sort of game dish Uh, no sorry first you have a a beef dish then you go into a game dish some places switch that around but then after that, uh, so you go, you go fowl, uh, beef, game, and then usually some sort of unique meat like a foie or something like that. And then you have your next palate cleanser or small course to then lead you into a cheese course to then lead you into a dessert. And so that's kind of the progression that we like to take. But instead of doing a game dish, we're going to do pork because that's North Carolina. Um, instead of doing a duck dish, we are going to usually do some sort of chicken dish because there's more chickens than people here in North Carolina. Um, instead of lobster, you know, there's not strong, you know, I've done lobster a couple times, but I don't en- enjoy doing that. I would much rather do crawdads or crayfish, however you want to call them, because that's native to here. So I'm making a Carolinian version of that tasting menu. Um, But I think a lot of people think that a traditional tasting menu means it's just multiple courses, which is not true. Um, You know, a tasting is showing every single, you know, the Japanese have a very specific way and progression of a tasting menu. It's very different than what you would normally expect. And there's... Kaiseki. Yeah, there's like very, very like specific things. Yeah, well, they have like really specific pers- rules. Yeah, very specific rules. So I'm. We're going to one of those, hopefully. I can't if even there's talk a about coronavirus, unless right <laughs> we can't go. Just make sure you get some Lyme disease, too. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'll get anything as long as I can go to Japan. Yeah. So. <laughs> if it's fatal, know, it's, it's fatal. That's something that I've been working on in my head for years is like, what would the Carolinian tasting be? And I, I want that to be the baseline. 
of whatever theme we do, whether, whether it's cafeteria or terrain or how she broke up with me mm, or whatever. That's interesting. It's still based in that that skeleton of how it progresses. It's so like you got to have a rice dish. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it is. Like, to me, I, I totally got what you said when you said it's the only true tasting menu. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what they're Which doing. Which sounds what very pretentious doing, and very but it's douchebag. Tr- but if you, people haven't had, like, if all, yeah. you, if all you've had is a McNinch House tasting menu, like, that's like an 80s tasting menu like yeah. american 80s tasting menu like yeah. you know you need like what you're doing is is not is not done here well i have, I have one more question before we get on to the future okay so what do you tell someone who went to the dinner we went to last month that paid 200 dollars, and they're like i'm never coming back because i paid 200 dollars. this was a ripoff oh i've already had those conversations but not on the Scotty Pancake Pod. <laughs> not on the Scotty Pancake Pod, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I tell them exactly what I, I I emailed or I talked to every single person that went to that dinner that you guys were at, and I told them. But what about people in general? Who but people in like, general, like what the if they just read person? the article that was I told out the, there? I told them the whatever. average person. I was like, I was like, you know. Everyone has a bad service. We had a real crappy service, but we also have some really good services. Come check us out. Come come understand the concept and and see if it's for you. Because the anomaly is not going to counter is not going to be for everybody. Like that's a given. But I I really want to make sure that people understand the proper context of the thing because you know some people are just so like so far away from understanding that context that that's what, what do you the mean issue by that context? Like, they just thought that we were just doing gimmicky food. Yeah, I think I felt like that was the the article misunderstood you in that way. They mm-hmm. saw it as like a gimmick or a scam, and they didn't. They had never been t- like to a tasting menu like that, and they didn't understand it was just not. And I, I thank her by the way. Properly executed. I sent her. I sent her an email thanking her. She had a lot of good points. Yeah, but I did feel like she misunderstood what she was coming in for and kind of what what happened versus mm-hmm. like this was a bad night yeah. versus this is a gimmick. Yeah, that's yeah. what that was what I try to say, which is like concept good, mm-hmm. execution bad. Right. And that's yeah. what happened. It's like you, yeah. people were attacking the concept and I don't think that was Well, and to do know, some fact-checking on that, no one got a CD from cafeteria dinners, right? Yeah, no. So I didn't like and that. That, that dinner, article was clearly not fact-checked at all because yeah. that wasn't what was promised to her and she complained she didn't get it and it was just for yeah. influencers. And it's like, no. you're getting your wires crossed with the dinner that happened in December. This is a different right. dinner. So yeah. that, that was what bugged me Every, too. There was two people that did not pay for their dinner the night that you went. Two. And it was solely because we gave them away to whoever, like we asked people, yep. like who who do you want to come in and have a free dinner? Because we, we've got two tickets, so we're not a transfer, and I want to give these away versus making double money on them. So like, tell me who we should give them to that's going to enjoy this. Those are the only two people who didn't pay. Yep, a lot of people felt that, like, and we've talked about this before, Chrissy, Ali, and the two of us, yes, we're bloggers. All of us paid for that Who's, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone paid more than us? <laughs> Has anyone paid more than you? Like, yes. I've been to more meals. Not been to more meals, but paid more, yeah. Yeah, because we they got, got the wine pairing. Yeah, because you guys have been very we generous giving well, us the wine, the wine We also donated, we donated two sets of two tickets for the wine and food auction with Wells Fargo. And uh, those guys, whew, uh, yeah, they paid more than anybody. Oh, well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that is. And uh, that's they're... Cool. I'm not going to say their names, but like they are two of the coolest people I've ever met in my entire life. 
Um, and I want to spend the rest of my career making sure that they know that what they put down on that was way more than worth it. Um, they're phenomenal. One of them had eaten at, at Anomaly before. They were actually at that same dinner that you were at in... Uh, at the house? At, no, at, oh. in uh, December, the How oh. She Broke Up With Me dinner. Okay. Oh, and I think I know who it is. Yeah. I just, just from look, just guessing. <laughs> well, we had an awesome, this time we had the CEO of Revel. No, Level. Level. With two Vs. Okay. That's really, what, they were really cool. Yeah. They were super cool. We got the same last name. He's got he, a cool he was like ear the, piercing. And though. he was like he's the really nice. most down to earth guy. And she was yeah. too. And she's and like they, a high up at Bank of America. Yeah, it seemed they like. Were great. So yeah. got some like really like smart people who understand what you're doing, which hopefully. And it just shows you there's was, a market for mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah, here. And, that, and that was another learning experience is I was like, okay, in, in January, I was like, okay, I can't play every Lil Wayne and Usher song. <laughs> you but didn't like, play just Soul because, Decision either time. Just because but people this, put it on there. I could not get it. I'm sorry. So that way, I'll but then I made it right. I made it, I made it up. kind of made it up. You played the most uh, overblown Tenacious. I should have well, told you the exact one. Well, because it's non-explicit It should have been dinner. Fucker Gently. I know, but I can't <laughs> you know play it, that you know in that a non-explicit. <laughs> I played one song that had an F-bomb in January, and she was like, when are you going to start playing Jesus music? People got upset about that? Yes. Just, but, and that's that's Charlotte for you. Yeah, like, that but, wouldn't happen anywhere. Else. But I wanted so to make annoying. sure I was going to do everything Not in I Chicago. Could. No. Yeah. I was making sure that every person got their song played that I was aware of. Like, every single person. So I even, I asked... No, uh, no, no. You did it. I was joking with you. You. Yeah. It was awesome. But, like, I, I asked the yeah. the, guy, the guy from Level, I was like, so what, what were your songs? And he said, oh, this Marilyn Manson song, and, you know, hers is Jump by Van Halen. I was like, I, like, looked at this. I was like, fuck. <laughs> So I had to redo the playlist on the fly to it make sure. It was perfect, sure. though. But that Marilyn Manson song for the Dunkaroos chorus? It, it yeah. was like, I had no idea that that was I, on the fly. That was, I mean, I kind of heard the yeah. conversation a little, but that's amazing because it worked perfectly with that dish. But the, the, the two of them weren't the only ones. Like, there was a couple other people no. that, you know, we somehow didn't get their song. And, you know, that was when I just had to adjust, adjust shit on the fly. And... You guys I did a great job like too of like the music coming down and going up and like you know you th- you played with the lighting a little bit too or am I just misremembering? Just a little bit, but yeah. the biggest thing was is that we figured out how to use the surround sound system at Lincoln's. Ah, okay, that was the biggest thing. I didn't have that POS speaker above you, and with that we were able to actually knob turn the volume so it was smooth. So, you know, I think that that was a big element because when you're when you're crazy enough to attempt to do what I'm trying to do, there's so many more elements in the food on there that any one of them, if they get screwed up, people don't pay attention to the food anymore. And I want to make sure that no matter what, that was not the case with this month. Um, yeah. Well, you really redeemed yourself Thank you. in yeah. our eyes. And I, everyone at the Thank dinner you. really seemed to enjoy it. Like I, you I just could, knew that, sense, yeah, like, the, the feeling is different. Yeah. Like people clapping for for you mm-hmm. and feeling so excited. Like, you know, like, yeah, of course none of that happened in January on the night we went. I know that no. the rest of the dinners were better, but like, it was great. And everyone loved it. And it just shows that like, you know, I'm everyone so has an off night. You you know, you well, had I'm an so off night. I'm so glad we went to no both because. Me too. Like I've said on the podcast, since you haven't been here, it's like, it's so hard at executing what you're trying to do. It's like, sometimes you need to have a shitty experience to understand the high level of complexity. I'm that so you're glad we had that month. Yeah, so it's really good. It really is. It's like it honestly, in the long run, it'll be 
it'll be so let's move on to the future yes so, so tell so tell us the plans as of now who's going forward with you was there like where's the brick and mortar if you can talk about any of that so so um aline my uh chef de cuisine um we call her now the Grandmaster of Flavor. We got to get her on the podcast. Yes, you do. Grandmaster of Flavor. Because she, she created some that. dishes at Bardo that were freaking She's the best. She's very talented. Like, you should ask her about her passion fruit dessert. That was, like, one of the best things I've ever had. I'll have to. Because the one that impressed me the most when I was looking at it was the onion dish. Oh, the burrata? Yeah. Well, so the burrata was the last thing that she added onto that dish because she wanted it to be a way that you eat the onion. Like, she was solely focused on making this onion cool. sing. And when it was almost like this Elaine Passard like view of food where how can I make this one element really sing in multiple different textures, flavors, depth? And well, I so, think that's what they're really good at. Like, that yes. shrimp dish, it was like shrimp. Yes. All, all the different all ways. The, and, you know, that's something that I've never seen here. And so... Um, I like she's designing a couple a uh, couple courses for terrain now, and I gave her one word. I was like, "You were able to do that with onion, corn. Have fun with corn." So and the what she's talking, I'm not going to say anything about it. Okay. But what she's telling me about this dish so far, it's no, that's incredible. Cool. So I just have this just came to my mind though. So everyone who has already purchased tickets for. March, is it March and April you've already sold March. tickets? We haven't done tickets in Just April. March. So they're all going to be getting new emails with the name Counter? No. Or are those people going... They were all refunded. They were all refunded. That, I gotcha. And that uh, okay. experience was canceled. Okay. Um, that's already happened and those emails have happened. gone out. And okay. um, what we've... Like, Jossie's like, I'm drinking this one for you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> pour, pour a little out for the March what dinners. We've, um, what we've decided... <laughs> Don't do that. We had to clean up the floor. <laughs> yeah. We're liable for what, anything. What that we've happens decided to do. Um, so pretty much everyone is is going to be a part of um, counter, and we've got two people that um, I'm really excited that will be a part of the financial aspect of counter. Um, it's been much easier to get that situated, almost uh, near immediate, actually. Why? Um, Why has that been easier? Because. So it's, it's like when you go to Baskin Robbins. Like this, this is gonna make no sense. Oh, it's gonna make a lot of sense. Like, like Jason, what's your favorite flavor between vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate? I don't fucking do that shit. He likes chocolate. Potato. You like chocolate, right? Yeah, chocolate. Like chocolate. Taro. Okay, Stop. what's what's your favorite one of the thirty-one flavors of Baskin Robbins? When there's less, it. when when there's less, when there's less shit going on, right? The variables are fewer. The variables are much less. We yeah. we now have a more con concise and pointed vision, and you know I think that's the reason why. Um, you know now our focus instead of being on these five different things, our focus is now just on two things. The two things that we are going to execute in a night is a phenomenal tasting uh, tasting menu, and then also an immersive experience with music and elements that you participate in. So what's the difference? What was it before? So you're not going to focus on wine. We're, there's going to be absolutely no focus on wine at the beginning. We're going to worry BYOB. about... That's probably how we're going to start off oh, and then like figure that out um, as we go along. Um, but we need to develop the most important aspect of this first and go from there. 
Um, so were these investors totally not interested when it was anomaly, and now they like or like how did they that how did were, they come from? They they were. It was more that like there's just so there's so many different because restaurants like banks never give money to chefs, plumbers, and priests. That's like the old that's like the old school thing because like five percent of all three of those don't work out in the long run, and restaurants like. They're very volatile. So when you tell someone that's investing, like, hey, we're trying to do all this shit and none of it's happened in Charlotte before, you know, they're like, uh, no. But then we're like, okay, we're going to do this one thing and this one thing hasn't been done here Increase before. the focus. We're focusing solely on making sure that this, right, this one thing right here is going to nail it every time. That was when they were like, yeah. Um, so that's... So tell us. So, tell us, so you're gonna do a March dinner? I or you might skip March. I might skip March because I want to make sure that this terrain menu, I this terrain menu. Like, I I've talked to Jossie about this terrain menu way too many damn times. Like, I is that true, Jossie? It is true. <laughs> it is true. That's true. But I want this terrain menu to be the. What menu. if we you just had a made up girlfriend and we just called her Jossie, but she was never here. And it's no, one of the drops. I'm not Manti. <laughs> yeah. You just got catfished. Yeah. Um, man, catfish sounds good. So, um, but so, so yeah, I just want to make sure that this menu. Well, I think that's smart because I think that everything. was part of the reason why January. I think you tried to doing a whole new menu in a month. Yeah. Without. Living here. living here is difficult. Yeah. So other than this podcast, how are people going to get this information to them? Are, are you, like, what's your platform to share this? You're going to use the same email list. Do you have access um, to that? I don't. Um, we're going to we're going to make this very almost underground. Um, we're not going to make this. Uh, we're not going to make this flashy. We're not going to make this um, big. We're going to focus solely on the one task at hand and i think because really we just need we only need 12 to 15 people to show up for a tasting and i think that will happen and if you know you know i like that that's cool and if you know you know um so so tell us what the plan what's the next six month year plan Well, hold on where would the pop-up be do we know that like do you have an idea of that yet Yes, I'm finalizing the terms with them actually today. Okay. Um, but that will be announced. There's not going to be any secret location type stuff. It's going to be, you know, from day one where it's going to be so you can plan out everything around it. Um, so, but it's here in Charlotte. It's kind of in the same neighborhood area as we've done all of our pop-ups. South Charlotte's really kind of our focus group area. Um, so that's where it will be, fingers crossed. And what about the brick and mortar? Brick and mortar uh, is something that we are going to spend more time figuring out the right demographic for um, and the right right space for. The design is still going to be exactly the same. So it's still going to be a counter around the kitchen. We're going to have an island suite in the kitchen. If you've ever eaten at Stoke, like Jossie and I went into Stoke and looked at the kitchen with Chef Andres, who's the, you know, the head of everything that's food at the uh, Center City Marriott. And... We were like, or yeah, Marriott. I I messed that up one night, and he was like, "No, I don't work there." <laughs> but um, like their kitchen and how they have a bar around it, I was like, "That's literally what we want." Like just that. Get rid of all the other seats. Get rid of the walk-ins behind this. Like 
this. Like this is this is what I want. And so that design's still gonna be the same. Um, so the brick and mortar, like we're only looking for like a max 2,000 square foot space. And there's a couple areas that we like, but it's gonna come down to what fits in our budget and what's feasible. That's cool. Yeah, the counter seating's been, I think David Chain started that at Co. Mm -hmm. When yeah. we just had the 12, and now like a lot of tasting menus are like that. Yeah. Gagan does that. I'm sure I'm yeah, missing some other I'm ones. So, I'm so jealous. Come with us. Oh. You and Jossie should Yo, come. You got money? I don't. <laughs> but, no, but Jason does. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> but, but yeah. What do you need? A couple thousand? I got thousand dollar bills. <laughs> Yo, he keeps it in his sock. Th throw them. Throw them <laughs> at me. They're unfortunately. You're going to have to be show your tits. <laughs> I'll do that right now. <laughs> All right. That's, do you, it? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I know. It's easy. Um, Anything else you want to say? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, the the biggest thing is, you know, we. I'm a very controversial person. I completely understand what? that, and it's because of me always being very vocal about what I believe in. As far I as I think it's because you're 26. I'm 28. Okay. Same. Whatever. Thing. You're in your 20s. No, but you're a 20s. bold person. I I'm think a that's very, true. Very bold person. And you you do things that are, you know, outside of the box. Yeah. I think that's absolutely and like if true. I see, yeah. If I see a restaurant, you know. Paying one person one thing, but then, you know, saying, you know, a brand new job opening for that exact same job, and it's more than what that other person's getting paid, I want to bring that up. If someone is a bomb-ass woman chef, and she's getting passed up for someone that doesn't know what the hell they're doing because they've got a penis, I want to have something to say about that. Do I go almost every single day talking about the fact that it's absolute bullshit that we don't have enough diversity in the executive chef and sous chef positions in Uptown and really throughout all of Charlotte? Yeah, I say that every day. And, you know, because of that, I make a lot of enemies, but I will always be that way because I feel like to not be that way is, is kind of insulting how I was raised. My mom raised me in a very specific way, and that's how I will always be. And if that means that some people don't like that, then whatever. But I hope that people see that and they appreciate that, and um, they will they will definitely taste it because the only positive about all these restaurants not being fair and diverse, I get to snatch up all these incredibly talented people that have been passed over. Um, you know, that was one thing that impressed me a lot about Michael Knowles. Like, Michael Knowles had a lean in there at CDC. And a lot of chefs wouldn't have done that. And she learned a lot from him, learned a lot from where she was at beforehand. And I am so pumped that she gets to be the grandmaster of flavor at uh, at corner and there's so many more people that would be like that counter. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not editing. Um, Jeez. Well, it's I think that you you're very talented, and you you have an artist spirit. And I know we've had a lot of chefs on here who say like, you know, I'm not an artist, I'm not this and that. I and I, I kind of disagree even with them, but I think with you in particular, um, you know, I see that in you, and I think that it's really exciting that you're doing what you're doing and that you. You got know, back on you your succeed. feet. You got back on your feet. Like, I mean, if I would have, some of the things that you sustained last month would have broken me for sure. And I think a lot of other people and the fact that you didn't let it 
no. knock you down and take you out is amazing. Yeah, you like you got better and you, you moved on. I've I've gone through much harder shit in my life than people telling me telling me that my food sucks. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> But it's kind of ironic that you brought up that whole artist thing because we went to the Mint Museum and a couple other places uh, yesterday, and I showed her this green glass sculpture. I was like, that was the inspiration for the green daikon. I wanted something that looked like that. And there's a couple dishes where we looked at a piece of art, and I was like, that's, that's the emotion that I want to emit with that course. So, yeah, I, I will always say that my food is art because I want it to ev evoke emotions. Um, and I want you to be able to eat those emotions, if that makes sense. Oh, I do it every day. Yeah, yeah. so uh, emotional eating in a good way. <laughs> There's so many emotions. Yeah. Well, any closing statements from you, Jason? Um, just we're glad that you're doing this in Charlotte. I think it's important that we have different types of restaurants and different types of um, opinions and points of view and your point of view is going to be good for the Charlotte food scene. So we're Thank you. That's and we'll why. be a counter as long as we're in town. We'll be there to support you. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. And and just like I think just seeing how stuff changed in a month and how you were able to take the criticism and use it for positive was very cool it's a lesson to us all <laughs> yeah it was to me honestly i i, I really admire the yeah, way you handled it because criticism is good that's i would have been on my how instagram story that's like, how you learn and get better you can't grow without you know i think it was arnold schwarzenegger that said the, person, <laughs> the first arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> put on the spot he's actually got a couple good ones you know but he said i'm back <laughs> well, my favorite one is if you, if you shoot for the moon, you'll at least land amongst the stars. I don't think he. I don't think that was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, because if you think about He's it, not the first one to say that. That was, that was Aristotle. No, but he was talking about like <laughs> he personally thought that the stars were the same distance away as the well, moon too. But um, but he said one thing. He was like in my country. He, he, uh, he talked about waves. how. <laughs> <laughs> really, the the man's brilliant. Like he's done. He's the epitome of the American dream outside of Barack Obama. I think. Okay. But, but he. <laughs> I think we need to take a. But anyway, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but he said he said something. He was like the reason why that Colt forty five is nearly empty. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> no. But he was like he was like the reason why I'm successful is that I failed more than anybody around me. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. And the hardest things you do are the best yeah. things. Well, that's how and you learn. You learn like, from yeah. failures. And, you know, this is a policy that I always have. He was like, if I wake up an hour earlier than anyone else that does what I do, then after 24 days, I get a whole extra day of production. And so, like, and that's why I had that, like, I also loved Kobe. And Kobe means so much to me. And why I wanted to do that tribute dish is because... Kobe was an amazing basketball player, but he also missed the most shots in NBA history. Like, the people that fail the most are the ones that you remember because they're the ones that succeed the most. And I am so ready to, like, I'm excited to succeed with some of the stuff that we're going to be pumping out, but I'm excited to see what failures come to because that's the only way that you're going to build a good restaurant and it's the only way that you're going to have, you know, it's the only way that you're going to become successful is by having those moments. And I'm so glad that we had one that early on last month. Absolutely. Well, All right, let's do the best things we ate this week. And Jossie, Jossie can, can jump in, in to oh, this, this is, recurring yeah. segment. So this is the yep. best thing that you ate or drank in the past week. I can't be one of those items, Jossie. Oh, 
She can pander. You can do whatever the hell you she want. Loves you. Don't listen. But it might be Bojangles. <laughs> Yo, she was surprised by Bojangles today, by the way. <laughs> it's really good, right? It's so bomb. I don't need I don't need any fast food except for Bojangles. So that's the mm, truth. I'm a Taco Bell guy. Am I going first? Yeah, you're going to go yeah. first, Jossie. Oh, I was trying you to have to talk closer. No, you don't, you you don't have to. Close. Jason can always go first. I was trying to screw on the wine cap onto the Colt 45. <laughs> it did not work. Rookie Gosh, move. thing I ate this week. Um, I think definitely that like midnight waffle we had at Waffle House. No, yeah. <laughs> no their waffles the are so good. The tasting menu was fine. It was but... like Michael Noel literally just blocked me on Instagram after that comment. <laughs> no, it, it was basically everything at Bardo. I can't even choose. Um, really love that carrot cake at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm an indecisive person. So everything at Bardo. That's about That's it. That's good. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 I have to say um, Sam's tasting menu. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the no, green beans. That? That. The, those green beans were, were freaking yeah. delicious on, yes. the, on the sloppy Joe dish. Okay, that's my final answer. That's your final answer. <laughs> All right, Sam, how about mm. yourself? Uh, my, my favorite dish that I had was, um, was probably the uh, shrimp dish at uh, Bardo. And then uh, a close second was the Mansa at um, Uptown Yoke, mm-hmm. which is a very, like, it's not the prettiest dish in the world. It looks like soup, but, I mean, it, you could just, I could eat it by the gallon. It's so good. Me? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with your fish stick dish, which oh. is a seriously wow. incredible. So Where's that air horn back, at? Like, I know, press that a bunch right. of times. <laughs> Yes. Like, I was looking back at the photos and I mean, I really, and I don't know if it was because my expectation, like I was so scared and then it was so good, but really like it was, it was perfect. Like your, the cornbread was like the great, great texture. It was sweet. The temperatures were right. The sauce on the fish. I really, really liked it. I liked everything that yeah. I had at your dinner. So props to Jordan and Chasey for cooking that fish and props to Aline for making that cornbread. So talk what about, before favorite? we go, tell Gosh. the other people that were in, because we talked about Aline, but talk about the other people that were uh, there too. Tracy Rogers, uh, as much as I want to attempt to pry him out of Rob Clement's hands at Porter's house, um, he's the sous chef there and he's killing it. Um, if you haven't been, a, I know you've had Rob multiple times on here, but if you haven't been to Porter's house, it's more than just the best steakhouse in Charlotte. There's so much more and Tracy's yes. a part of that. Um, but he was there. And then uh, Jordan Drummond is our, like, our name for him is Renaissance Man, but also known as a Tornot. He's a part of the uh, family uh, full-time with uh, Counter. And he uh, he also worked at Bardo with Elaine, and now he's over at Clean Catch Fish Market. He's a total beast. He's one of those guys that you tell him, what he needs to do and he not only does that but he figures out other ways to help out before coming back and asking for the next thing to do um he just he's on it and then we also had chef andres from center city marriott that was like that was honestly a dream come true because he's one of my idols he is a multiple 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 gold medalist for the acf he's highly regarded he's a certified executive chef the guy's total beast and he wanted to come in and just like help us out and see what's going on and uh, that w- I was so pumped to have him there. That's awesome. He was there uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Nice. I was going to say that we didn't, we missed him. Yeah. All right. So what about you, Jason? What um, was the best thing you I ate? think mine was a square pizza dish. That was my second. What? Yeah. It's real. It was really good. Because I just I, what I liked about is how you have some interactive elements. Yeah. So I I thought that 
just the way that you brought the thing out and then you put the mozzarella. Two-year-old Parmesan, Fiorellano, Siano, mozzarella. It was really. I was drinking special. that out Parmesan of the ISI container. Yes, that's. I would like to and do then, that as and well. And then you had the people break the um, the crust part. Mm-hmm. It was great. So good. We really enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us before you fly oh, back to Chicago pleasure. today. When are you moving here full time? Yeah, what's up with that? Um, once I'm not absolutely broke out of my mind. Um, Joss, are you going to move with him? Uh, don't no. think wow. so. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't mean to put anyone on the no. spot here, but no. okay. God, that was uh, awkward. <laughs> no, I mean pods over. We, we've been pretty. We've been pretty straight up about this the entire time. It's yeah. like just because this is my dream, that doesn't mean that she has to change her dream to do it. And so, so we've been straight up about that since day one. Because I started doing all this shit uh, like two weeks after we started pretty dating. Pretty much. Yeah. So. You were kind of pulled into, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, were, you didn't sign up for it, I guess, is what we would well, say. Well, we have yeah. orchestras here yeah. that need funding. <laughs> okay. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah, but it ain't like the CSO. My, my no, grandmother, like the CSO. no, it's not quite like my that. My grandmother is considered to be the greatest patron of all time for the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra. She was on the front page of the Charlotte Observer when she passed away because of all the stuff she did for the orchestra. And I think even she would be like, yeah, it's not no CSO. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. We ain't well, about. I guess Charlotte Symphony Orchestra is also CSO. It is also the CSO. Yeah. <laughs> so the CSO is fantastic. <laughs> so you're not sure yet, basically, to be determined on when you're coming down here full time. Uh, hopefully, hopefully April. I got my fingers crossed for April. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, everyone have a great week. Yes. Wow. Woo. What a pod. What a pod. So much pod. <laughs> Pizza pizza. dead.